This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, this is Dr. Vic and you're listening to another episode here on The Mindful Experiment. Excited to have you on. Hope you've been enjoying your summer. We're in the the dog heat or dog days of summer or the summer days dog. You know what I'm saying there. This is usually when we experience, if you're in the northern hemisphere of the world, we experience more of the nicer, warmer weather around this time. This week, I had a great interview with Chris Felton. He had a great interview, great story, amazing story from hardship to debt to struggles. He was very open. He shared a lot of personal things, which was very valuable for the podcast, of the content, and for what he does and how he shifted gears and what he had to do to shift his mindset to make more money, to be more of a, from a financial abundance standpoint and so much more. What a powerful story. We could have, We could have had... Multiple podcasts just on the story alone. But to tell you a little bit about Chris, Chris is the founder and principal of his own financial service business, which he started started in 1999. He leads and trains over 220 agents with over 30,000 clients. He is a top 50 earner in his company out of 45,000 plus agents and is a national speaker and trainer for his firm. He has been featured in Forbes, Fortune, Market, Watch, NASTEC, Yahoo Finance, US News, and World Report and is a top leader in one of the largest financial services firms in the United States. 
Chris is a co-author of Couples Money, a book which he wrote with his wife, Marlo, which explains how they were able to quadruple their business in a few short years during the Great Recession and overcome serious financial struggles. They share their money secrets as well as those of numerous financially independent business owners they interviewed in the book. People have discovered how to overcome financial limitations in a simple, no-nonsense approach that has worked for many. Chris and Marlo are also Amazon best-selling authors of Prosperity Factor, co-authored with Joe Vitale. I know you're going to find a lot of wealth of wisdom and knowledge. Chris is just an amazing guy. Great story. Great information he shares about mindset, money mindset, how to shift gears, to break through the myths, the importance of so many other levels uh, when it comes to money. So I don't want to take the thunder away from his story or anything else we shared here today. So without any further ado, here is Chris Felton. Chris, welcome to the show. Vic, great to be here. Thanks for having me. I always love seeing someone talk about mindset and money and just that because there's such a charge to that uh, in so many ways. And uh, I'm excited to pick your brain and dive deep into all those kind of things. Um, before we do, though, I'd love to hear your story and share it with the listeners of how you got into where, what, you, what you're doing today. What was that journey that led you up to this process? Yeah, so I'm I'm in uh, just turned just turned fifty in August and uh, grew up. So I'm in I'm in basically Denver, Colorado. So I grew up sixty miles north in a small town called Loveland. Two great parents who were you know financially illiterate. Right, they didn't understand how money worked. Argued over money, fought over money, stressed over money, divorced over money. Sixty percent of divorces are tied back to financial stress, which is why my wife and I wrote a book called Couples Money. And um, they they basically both passed away way too young, broke. And five leading killers in the United States today are stress-related. And I think it was money that hurt. It didn't help, right, the, the lack of money. So they told me to go to school, get a good job, all that stuff. I went to Colorado State University. I moved down to Denver in 93 and basically did the corporate grind for seven years as a CPA working for a large accounting firm. And then uh, just looked to the guy who was 10 years ahead of me, who was on his fourth marriage and uh, his kids hated him. He was making a lot of money. And I'm like, oh, my God, that could be me. So I, uh, I basically started my entrepreneurial journey in the late 90s and um, didn't really nothing resonated. And then basically started my own financial services business, investment advisory, money management on the side. Uh, in 1999. So I was working 70 hours a week in my firm and then carving out 10 to 15 to get this going. So um, so left corporate America, February 2000, never looked back and have built a, a business. We got a couple hundred licensed agents, got about 30,000 clients spread out across the United States. Um, but, you know, almost sabotaged all that. And um, uh, went through an expensive, pretty painful divorce in about 2004. Um, my kids are now 21 and 18, unbelievable. And uh, they they moved the other side of the country with their mom. And um, I met my second and last wife, Marlo. <laughs> and uh, so we met, you know, I was winning awards and I, you know, gave great speeches and I looked really smart and I'm a CPA and a financial advisor, but what she didn't know, uh, Vic, was I was broke. And 
I had, you know, very expensive child support, alimony. Um, I got a, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. My name's on the lease. I got a lease that I couldn't afford. I'm basically, I got about three or four equivalent of mortgage payments going out every month. And we're entering the Great Recession. And I'm in financial services. And we had not merged our money yet. And she wanted to, but I kept kind of putting her off because I didn't want her to see the, the disaster that was uh, $250,000 in unsecured debt. I don't know how somebody does that, but I managed to do it. I'm telling people how to manage their money. I'm a disaster. We're leaking thousands and thousands of dollars per month. And it's not, it's not good. And so we're living in this small home in central Denver that was super dark and cold. And I'm getting into personal growth and development. And everybody, Vic says, you got to go meditate. So I had to go out in the garage, freeze my ass off, right? Because that was the only quiet spot in the home. And I'm sitting there shivering and voice of God hit me. And it was like, let her do it. Let her manage the money. She'd been, hey, I want, I want to do this. I want to do this. a little bit of a control freak, right? And so she, she wants to control the money. And um, my ego just wouldn't let it happen. And so that moment, um, I just, like, it was clear as day. It was, it was an intuitive hit. It was let her do it. Basically, get the hell out of your own way. And, uh, you get, you know, your listeners and you, you could probably heard of Mel Robbins in the five second rule. Right. And, and, uh, that book wasn't out then, but for whatever reason, within five seconds, I got my butt up out of my car. I went inside and I told Marlo, Hey, it's yours. It's all you. Like I moved on it. I didn't try to fight it, you know, cause your, your ego starts talking you out of it. Great ideas die within seconds normally. Um, but I just, I moved out of it. And so we sat down, we worked through, you know, the budgeting and the bank statements and all that stuff. And, um, and then about a week later, I'm in the kitchen doing the dishes and I just got this like feeling that someone was staring at me and, and it was my wife and she just, dude, she had this look on her face. Like I've never seen it again. I don't ever want to see it. It was like a combination of anger, bewilderment, frustration. And she was just like, what did you do? I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, I thought you were freaking smart. What the hell is wrong with you? Chris, we're in major multiple six figures of debt. We're leaking. We're negative cash flow. You got to figure like what? We got to meet. So we had the come to Marlowe meeting, which was, you know, awesome. And um, and I sat down and, um, you know, it's one of my favorite quotes, optimism and delusion sleep in the same bed together. And dude, was I delusional? I mean, she's sitting here. She introduces a four letter word to me called budget. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and here's the budget and expending plan and all that, dude. I just didn't get it. And I wanted her to look at, hey. I got this new client coming in. Things are changing. Don't look here. Look over here. Um, and I still didn't get it. So anyway, so we had to move out of that house. We're renting. It's about six months later. I'm still in delusion. I don't want to look at it. I hadn't seen my kids in a long time. It's just not going good. 
And then basically I ran up against having to pay my ex-wife $5,200 first of the month. I didn't have the money. The cash flow was not coming in. I was running out of credit card checks. I had lines of credit were tapped. We weren't merged, me and Marlo's finances. And so I'm sitting there in my office. I'll never forget it. And I'm just sweating. And I'm like, how the hell am I going to do this? I got to pay my ex. Um, so the only idea, Vic, I had was I had to go home and convince my wife to give me the money to pay my ex-wife. How do you think that went? Not smooth, I'm assuming. No, my wife's about five foot one. Everybody in my office is scared of her and uh, volcanic Marlowe's not good. And uh, so we call it the purse throwing incident because she freaking grabbed her purse, threw it at me, started throwing it, pissed, counting on her fingers, F-bombs galore, just losing it and, you know, just frustrated. I mean, just it would just vault. I mean, it was a volcano. And then I said, well, why are we still married? Pretty good question. That's a solid question. Solid question. Total crickets. Um, fight ended. She went upstairs, and it was uh, it was one of the defining moments of my life because I'm like, it was clear as day, Vic. I'm like, you created all of it, right? You created all of it. Your uh, your ex wife didn't have a chance. Marlo doesn't have a chance. Your business doesn't have a chance. And it was literally the first time in my life, dude, I was like, wherever I've had a problem, I've always been there. And it was the first time I took 100% responsibility. And I sat my ass down and I was like, why does my thinking keep creating this? I'm like, God, man, I'm a, I'm a financial advisor. I'm a CPA. I used to tell Fortune 500 companies how to manage their, their finances. I'm broke. Dad's broke. Mom's broke. Grandma's broke. Grandpa's broke. Broke, 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 broke. And so that was the, that was the, the, the decision right then and there. I was like, all right, I'm going to figure it out. So Marlon and I got together the next day and she's like, okay, I'm part of the problem. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to get on planes, trains, and automobiles. I'm going to interview uh, wildly successful couples, finance, you know, what we call them world-class. They have wealth in all areas of their life, health, spiritually, financial relationships, all of it. I'm going to figure out what they do, how they think, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm shifting this. The buck stops in my family with me. So I just said, I'm all in. I'm getting up early. I'm going to study mindset. I'm going to study how not, I know how money works, but I don't understand why there's a gap between what I know to do and what I actually do. So I got to close the gap. So dude, I got psycho. I uh, journaled, I thought, I just, I mean, I did all sorts of things. I pulled up every belief system. I uprooted it. I changed it. I, if you would have told me to stand on my head for an hour a day, I would have done it. I hired coaches and went to seminars I was all in. And I just told her, I'm like, I'm going to treat this like an Olympic athlete treats their sport. Freaking all in. So what happened is we just, we had an absolutely amazing, not overnight, but 
amazing financial transformation. It's, it's actually been jaw dropping and uh, very, very, very blessed. Um, and so that's my purpose now is to get this message out and help others do the same. So that's, that's that. I love your story. There's so much I can dissect and take from it. And it's one of those things where, you know, well, let's take a step back. We'll go sure. to parents, right? Cause that was your first experience, right? It is a mind between zero and seven, you know, and your, your, your upbringing is very similar to mine. My parents didn't get a divorce, but I saw them fight about money often and it was, or money was a topic that came up. And it was one of those things where um, it imprinted things into me, but I'm also blessed because it also showed me what I didn't want to experience. Did that get you to become, you know, go into the financial sector because of what you saw in your upbringing? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just, um, I, I mean, I, I wanted to be an entrepreneur just so I could have freedom, right? Because my, my parents didn't have any freedom and I wanted, you know, financial freedom. And I had a mentor a long time ago that said, you'll never know how good you can be until money's behind you. And that, I mean, we do a whole show on that topic. Um, and yeah, but yeah, I mean, I just, I, I didn't want to be broke. And yeah, so that, that watching that, I wanted freedom. I wanted money, freedom. I, I didn't want my kids to have to experience that. So yeah, it obviously had a massive influence on me. And, and I watched their financial illiteracy pretty much wreck their marriage and ruin their lives. Unfortunately, it didn't end well for either one of them. Yeah, it's sad. And like you said, 60% of marriages, you know, you know, the, the, the or people are mar- in marriage argue a lot just on just because of financial reasons and stuff like that. Or was it 60% get divorced because of divorce because yeah. of the finance, right? And so it's like one of those things where we, it's a common thread that and it happens often. What was it then? So you made this shift. I love to know what was the first like, like explosion of like an aha moment when you were because I love how you took 100% responsibility on yourself. Like, this is me. I created this. I actually went bankrupt in the first couple of years when I got into business. Not uh, Personally, I went bankrupt because of uh, just student loans were not being friendly. Um, that was with October uh, 2008, 2009 was around. I was coming out of school right on in 2009. And um, when that came in, student loans were, they were brutal about, you got to pay full price or full and that's it. There's no deals. There's no this. There's no that. And I'm like, come on, I'm just starting out. I don't even have income. And uh, you're hitting me with a $5,000 bill per month. I, I can't, I, there's no way I can do that. Um, but what was the big, you know, what was one of the, the starting points for you that like made a huge breakthrough when it comes to mindset and under realizing that, yeah, I understood all this stuff, right? I knew how money worked, how it all, the game of it all, but there was some gap. What was that first big aha? Yeah. I mean, I, I just, you know, I was, I was blessed to get incredible coaching and, you know, and, and one of the first, there's a few things here, but my coach said, you don't have a money problem. You have a money project. And that like, that changed my life. You don't, you don't, you look at problems. You don't look at problems. Well, you look at projects differently and people are like, well, that's kind of semantic. No, it, it, he's like, you got a project and you've been thinking a certain way for decades. It's not going to spin out. It's not going to change in 21 days, Chris. Right. But, but it will, but it'll change. And so he said, get a journal. I got like four of them on my desk right now. And he's like, write the word money down and write down everything that comes up. 
And I sat there big for an hour and none of it was good. Right. It was hard work, hard to make, hard to keep. I mean, everything was hard. Rich people suck. My dad ingrained that in me. They make money on the backs of poor people. My mom was like money. We either have it or you don't like, you don't have a choice. Um, And so it was like, well, no wonder I'm like totally my, my wealth is not finding me. And, you know, anyway, yeah, you can't take it with you uh, either, or you can either be happy or work or, you know, all this stuff, you know, I could spend hours talking about, but it was a big list. And so it was about changing my relationship. Money's a relationship and it's either functional or dysfunctional based on what your results are. So I had to start constructing a new story. And then the third thing was, so money problem, money project, what's my relationship with the word, right? I'm, I'm in sales. That's one of the first things I do with people. I'm like, write the word, you know, sale or selling. Most people have a dysfunctional relationship with the word of selling, right? And they wonder why they're not selling, even though they're looking for all the scripts on the planet. Um, doesn't work. And then the third thing was just Marlo and I sitting down and being in total acceptance of the mess. And she put the bloody balance sheet in front of me and, the, and all this. And we, we, we had a weekly meeting to just assess where we were and we were moving forward. Um, first two didn't work very well because I, you know, I felt guilt. I felt shame. I was beating myself up. All that crap was going on. All I was doing was just recreating more of the same by beating myself up. And then finally, I was just like, all right, it is what it is. I accept. I forgive myself. She forgave me. And then I just looked her in the eye and I said, we will never be back here again. And it was that decision. And I was serious. And we never... I never, we never went back there again. That, that line in the sand moment happened right then and there. I was done with it. And there's a lot of power in being done with things. Yeah. It's like, and and my background is also not just a chiropractor, but a Reiki, I was Reiki master trainer. I studied spiritual truths and all that. And I tied the science with it. So it's not just like, because a lot of times when I say spiritual truth, people go, oh, this is a woo woo guy. He's way out there. And I'm like, hold on, let's come back here. Let me have a conversation. I'll, uh, in five minutes, I'll turn that all around. Yeah. And one of the things I always say is like, when you're going through a painful experience, like you get to a point where you just say like, hey, you know what? Thank you for the lesson. I'm good. I'm, I absorbed all I can. I'm done with this and I want to move forth. But the big thing you said that I really like is you chose never to go back. Right. And, and I say that's very powerful because that was a, those are the exact words I said when I went bankrupt. Because when I went, when I went bankrupt, I looked back at my life. And I said, how the hell did I create this? Because I already understood the mindset. I understood, like, I was on the opposite end of you. I was, I was like, I understand how this all works. So how am I creating this, right? There's this gap there. And I'm looking like, what did I, and I started just to get real with myself. And I started looking at where was I putting my energy every day? Where was my, was I focusing on what I wanted to create most of the time? Or was I focusing on the fears and lack and the scarcity and all that? And all of a sudden I go, oh, crap, I didn't even see that. And I was like, man, I was all on scarcity. I was all on limitations. When I had a bill come through, man, how am I going to, man, this is another dent into things. And that energy I kept feeding all of a sudden was creating more of until it just smacked me in the face. And I was just like, 
Okay. And once you get past it, you make that choice. Like I'm never going back there ever again. It will not happen. Um, for many different reasons. And uh, I love that. I love that concept because then you look at your, your life now has drastically changed and now you have an anchor, right? You've, you've gone through a hard time and you also now have transitioned through that. And now that is something that you can use for your whole entire life to know that it'll also support you and never go back. So I just love that story. I just love everything you're sharing there. What is then one of the big you shared a lot of limiting beliefs uh, when it came to money. And I think that's a, that's in the line of work I do. That's, that is something that uh, I'm working on all the time. And it's one of those things where what is some of the big mistakes that people make when it comes to money and mindset? What are some of the stuff that, um, and you probably mentioned some of this already, but I just wanted to ask this question uh, of what limit, you know, what are the, some of the things that they need to shift their mindset in a certain way when it comes to money and they can see a whole different experience? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, and, and what you're talking about, you know, um, and I, I ask myself is, you know, what am I focused on and what must this be creating? Right. And so one of the things that I was doing was I was I was focused on fixing stuff. Right. And guys love to do that. We love to, you know, we're, we're like handyman. You're right. We got to fix stuff. And so I was focused on problems. I was focused on my debt. And that and I think a lot and you go, what you focus on expands. Right. And, and I hired my coach and he's like, well, how do you feel about your debt? I'm like, I hate my debt, my debt, my debt, my debt sucks, dad, Matt, right? And all that emotion around debt. And as you know, man, like whether people think it's woo-woo or not, scientifically, it's been proven out over and over again. It, it's, it's the fundamental law of personal development. It's the law of growth. And what you focus on expands. End of story. Everything in personal development basically points to that. Right. And what you focus on expands. And so if you're fo- fixing on debt, and he's like, so how long, how long have you been? How long have you been in debt? And he's like, has it grown? I'm like, shit. Yeah, it just keeps growing. And he's like, all right, well, let, let, let's focus on creating wealth. Dude, that was a game changer for me. So we got our debt dialed in. Right. Spreadsheeted it out, had the rates, had the payments, had it up total acceptance. But then it was about for us, it was like, could we save money? And Brian Tracy has a great quote. If you can't save money, the seeds of greatness aren't in you. Wow. People take offense to that, but that was me. So we started studying savings goals. But what we did with it, Vic, was we, we, we created compelling emotional reasons why. So when we set the goal, the goal took a minute. The reasons why took an hour or so. And so I was like, I don't want to fight with you around money ever. Done. I'm sick of not seeing my kids. Her stress, my stress. And we had a big ass list of why. And so people that struggle think goal setting is this logical thing. It's not. It's, it's the, the world class know that it's an emotional thing. And so we created um, we created a lot of emotion on that. Um, but but I think I mean, there, there's there's a lot. But I think where people focus, they focus on debt. My mom did it her whole life and she died with debt and never saved. Um, hard is usually the word hard is usually all over it. Right. 
hard to make, hard to keep. Um, you know, uh, I think one thing is um, it's going to take forever. And then I think the big one, Vic, is, is it really going to be worth it? I think people spend a lot of time volleying on that because I see with entrepreneurs is uh, and that's one thing I, I never really had an issue with. I always knew it was going to be worth it because I studied successful people. I interviewed successful people and they all said it was worth it. So I collected a lot of that evidence early on. A lot of people are like, is it going to be worth it? Is it really going to be worth the work? Is it even going to work? So, you know, so they're just, they're kind of, they're not, they're interested. They're not committed. That's the problem. So I hit you with a lot there, but there's a lot of stuff that how we get in our own way for sure. Yep. No, you shared a lot. I mean, it's one of those things where you, you're you bringing back again, the thing about choice, right? You know, they're interested, but not committed. Right. And that's a lot of times people are like that, where it's like, all oh, this sounds great. Yeah, I'm all in. And all of a sudden it's, but then the commitment side's not there. Once, you know, they liked more of the flashiness or the, whatever I call it, the shiny lure that pulled them in. Uh, and then there's that lack of that, but you also, um, I lost my train of thought on the shiny lure thing. Now that the other thing, there was a word that I wanted to talk about uh, that you mentioned um, the importance of words, but now I'm forgetting it. Anywho, but um, I love how you brought up the, the aspect of how you kept focusing on the fixing stuff, because again, like you said, the law of focus is where you put your energy and wherever you put your attention, energy flows and wherever energy flows, manifestation grows. And so it's like one of those things where, um, you know, if we keep seeking that, then we're going to keep creating that. Well, I'm seeking, I'm, if I'm looking for problems or I'm looking to solve or looking to fix, then we're going to see more. And it's also, um, man, my mind's like going bouncing around here. I'm, I'm forgetting my last thought. Um, there was something you said about, uh, what was it now? Oh, now I'm going blank. Anyway, it is what it is. I'll, it'll come back to me. So let's talk a little about then, you know, oh, here it is. So that's why I like a lot of times people when it's like setting goals and, and it could be goals, people, it could be the law of attraction and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, you know, this stuff doesn't work and this and that. Do you think sometimes that when people why? well, number one, what, what is, why do people not achieve, like they set goals and, you, and I think you answered this already, but do, they set goals, but they don't achieve them. And is it a lack of commitment? Is it a lack? Is it, is their focus in the wrong direction? Um, um, what, what has been your experience and what would you, how would you answer that? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a big believer that your life turns out based on two things and it's, it's what you repetitively tell yourself and then the images you hold in your mind. And so you, you get that and, you know, as I just finished a chapter in my book, it's, you know, um, uh, it's called affirm what you want. Right. And in my book, I'm, I'm trying to put little bit more of a spin of like, okay, this is, this is what I learned and this is how I'm applying it. And then I have a personal story that backs it up. Right. And people are like, well, affirmations don't work. I'm like, you're totally correct. Right. And affirmations work spot on. And, and so affirmations were working for me. It was just unconsciously creating lack. Right. And it was, you know, not good enough and not this, not that. But I mean, I was coaching one of my most talented guys yesterday and he's got all the juice and he's underperforming. And he's, un he's underperforming in an area that is 
literally the key that unlocks financial freedom for him and his family forever. And I'm like, you got to take inventory of what you think about that. And so I, I think um, the, the reason people fail is, you know, I used to run marathons back in the day and I can't imagine, you know, training six months for a marathon and I go to the start line and somebody attaches a bowling ball to my ankle. Like that would suck. And, but that was me, Vic. And that's why I was working 80, 90 hours a week. The bowling ball was just these limiting beliefs. And so it's, you know, and you hear it when people communicate, like like this guy was talking to me yesterday. I'm like, when you just said four limiting beliefs on the thing that is the key, he's like, shit, I'm not doing the work. Am I? I'm like, no, you're working, but you got a bowling ball. So I think the reason people don't succeed is they don't really take inventory of the thinking and the images. And it's, I think it's a Wayne Dyer, you know, I tell people all the time, like, what do I need to do? I'm like, pay attention. And so that's Vic. That's what I got really good at. Um, and I'm still good at it uh, because I'm, I'm curious because to me, for me to go to the next level, I have to think totally different. And I have to have an intentional plan to grow and develop. And so I'm super mindful of the stuff that's rolling around in my head that isn't serving me. And I, so I think people set goals, they go after it, but they don't realize that their thinking is running in a totally different direction. And they have to spend the time doing the work. They still have to go execute their plan. They can't just sit around and meditate for eight hours a day and expect things to happen. There's got to be action, but there's got to be a daily discipline of growing and developing themselves. And that compounded over extended period of time is super powerful. And that's what happened to us. I love that. You brought some up before that I remember now. And it's like, you got, you said setting the goal took like a minute, but getting into the why that's important or doing the why behind it took like an hour. And I love that phrase because it's the same thing, right? Well, affirmations don't work. Well, if you think they don't work, then they're not going to, but they do work, but there's a missing element. And I've learned this through my own process. I used to do affirmations all the time. And I was just like, this isn't working. I don't get this. Um, I'm still getting the negative thinking. I still got all this other stuff. And then eventually I tapped into emotions with it. And I started to ask myself, well, why, why is that statement important? And I started realizing that wasn't my statement. It was someone else's. And I was thinking it was cool. And then I started, I talk about how you have to be authentic with yourself. And that is, you know, choosing what you like, because we're so conditioned, right? You you can listen to everybody out there. And like, it's funny when I ask people like, what do you want? It's the most easiest question to answer. I don't even like saying what you want, because that's actually focusing on lack because you only want things you don't have. So it's like, you know, what do you choose to have or what do you choose to experience? And everyone will be like, I don't know. I never thought of that. And I'm like, you never thought of it. You never had that thought in your mind. And they're like, well, I just don't know what, you know, and then, and then they'll tell me something. And then, and then I start probing and asking questions and getting into more of that substance. I call it getting into the substance, which is the why. And then I'd be like, so, and then once we get there, it's kind of like, oh, I didn't want that. That's not me. That's not, that doesn't really matter. It doesn't really, and then it's, then we uncover. And I think that is um, um, I'm so huge in, in so many ways of how we can tap into those resources to create this, those changes, because if we don't do that, then we don't really make change. I mean, we're not going to see that shift and change. Um, real quick, how can people find you? I mean, I can talk to you all day on this stuff and, I, and I'll definitely have to have you back. How can people find you? 
follow you, connect with you and see what you're up to. I know you're writing another book right now that won't be out for a little bit, but, uh, uh, and all those good things. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, so you can go to uh, couplesmoney.com, couplesmoney.com. And I, I got a, you know, I got a complimentary offer up there to do a, you know, free hour long coaching session, $500 value. That's, you know, I just, I just want to make an impact. Um, you can also, uh, find me at, uh, howmoneyworks.com forward slash Chris Felton. And, uh, my, uh, my, my coach that's my speaking and business coach wrote a book called how money works, stop being a sucker. And, uh, it's, it's, uh, written in fifth grade English. It's got pictures, colors, characters. Um, it's actually the number one selling financial book of 2021 and 2020, uh, he's done 250 media appearances. It's a game changing book. Anyway, people go to howmoneyworks.com, uh, email me in there, and I will send them a book complimentary. So totally happy to do that. I just ask that they read it and give me feedback on what they got out of that. Um, you can also, you know, send me an email there. And then uh, I'm, I'm most active on on Instagram. I, I do about four or five posts, videos a week basically just on these topics. I think I've got 500 posts up there. Um, helps me write my book, but I'm at uh, CF underscore uh, E number two E. So CF underscore E to E. So people can follow me uh, and connect with me there. So Chris, this has been awesome. I could talk, like I said, we could have went into some more depth on many different topics as well. So I'll definitely have you back on in the near future, but uh, for all the listeners that will be in the show notes for you to connect um, Chris, this was fun. I appreciate you taking the time to join, be with me and be with all the listeners here and to just share the wonderful wisdom, sharing that powerful story of uh, what you went through to where you are today. I just love that uh, so much in there that we could have gone deeper, but um, thanks for taking the time. Yeah, brother. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate you. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you found this episode to be inspirational, pay it forward by sharing with someone that you know can benefit from this. If this is your first time tuning in, please follow us, connect with us so you don't miss another amazing episode. And until next time, keep rocking and rolling. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you found this episode to be inspirational, pay it forward by sharing with someone that you know can benefit from this. If 
this is your first time tuning in, please follow us, connect with us so you don't miss another amazing episode. And until next time, keep rocking and rolling.